Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Talking about the uh, event center or the arena deal in Calgary, I fully understand that there's a lot of um, I don't know what you want to call it, campaigning around these sorts of things in both directions, right? People who don't like it have reasons why not, and people who do like it have reasons why we should be doing this. Personally, I think it's valuable to me as an Edmontonian, as an Albertan, for Edmonton and Calgary to have nice facilities and hockey teams. So that's it. So I'll put up with a lot of nonsense. But there is a lot of nonsense around this, I think. So let's talk with somebody who knows. This is what he does. Moshe Lander is an economist at Concordia University. Um, Moshe, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. I appreciate that intro. I thought you were going to say that he's full of nonsense. No, 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 no. We're having lunch. <laughs> like, you and I have talked many times before about this particular issue. This is your area of expertise, right? You, you're an economist, but you deal uh, almost well, not exclusively, but your your focus is on sports-related economy. It is an area of particular interest to me, yes. Okay, so let's just get your broad strokes take on what we do know, and there's still some information, I think, to come around this Calgary Event Center deal. But based on what you've seen and comparing it with other deals, good or bad for the people of Alberta and Calgary? What do we think of this deal? So it's bad. Um, now, I'm going to also say that I am a Flames fan going back to their days in Atlanta. So I'm not just some fly-by-night economist here. Uh, <laughs> I have skin in the game, right? I care about this team as a fan. But it's a bad deal because uh, public funds into these types of arenas and stadiums don't deliver the economic returns to justify it. So if we're purely looking at this as an investment it doesn't pay for itself. Now, civic pride, you said, you know, yeah. it's important that they have good facilities. Hey, if that's what taxpayers want to vote for, that we don't mind, we're not going to get the return, then that's perfectly fine. But when we're being sold this idea that this is because it's going to be a good investment for Calgary or a good investment for Alberta, that's just flat out not so maybe we need to change the way we view this and not in terms of, hey, this is going to be a moneymaker and we're all going to be better off. No, we're just buying ourselves something nice. That's what this comes down to. Right. And what we're doing is we're buying essentially some element of loyalty from the Flames ownership group that they yeah. will commit to staying in Calgary. And so, you know, because the civic pride aspect is, especially in Canada, if you want to be considered a top-tier Canadian city, then you have to have an NHL team, right? Yeah. And you name the seven cities that have them. They are all at the top of the population tables. They're at the top of most economic indicators. So this is a necessary item. And so if that's why we're putting in the public money, then okay, it, it's not a financial investment. And I think that's where things constantly go wrong, is that politicians feel that they need to try and convince us that it's a good investment. It brings jobs, it brings tourists. That stuff doesn't happen. And that's when 
I get called and we have to have these these conversations. What about the revenue piece? There's a lot of people talking about that. There's an engineer in Calgary that's uh, got a lot of buzz. He was on the air on uh, QR yesterday actually talking about the revenue piece of this and the fact that the city of Calgary has signed off all potential, you know, from naming rights to parking to, to you name it. They're getting their lease payment of $17 million and then the escalator of 1% per year. And that's it. All the other revenue stays with Calgary Sports and Entertainment. Is that unusual? Is that a tragedy as some people have made? it out to be um it's maybe a little extreme but it's not unusual uh even with the existing saddle dome right there is some element of revenue sharing right obviously for the flames to be able to pay for salaries and all of their day-to-day operations they are getting a portion of the money that's generated from the saddle dome so that that's that's reasonable that that's part of a partnership deal uh how much the city is willing to sign away is a function of leverage and so if the flames ownership have a disproportionate amount of leverage in negotiating with the city then they can ask for 90 percent 100 percent and the city might capitulate because the city might be worried about a different calculation say how are we going to face taxpayers and be the city council that maybe let the flames leave town if they believe that that threat could happen uh that's that's where it's not necessarily a tragedy it's again it, it's what we're being told as voters that if we don't give into this then they're going to leave town well then give them whatever they want if instead we've been told they're not going anywhere they're stuck in calgary uh and they can't leave as easily as you might think then maybe the the voters might have pushed back on city council and said don't give in to them on that well, I think, you know, Daryl Cates and his trip to Seattle to go, I don't know if it was an NBA game or what he went to, but he made it very clear that he was going to Seattle when these negotiations were going on, added all kind of leverage and pressure and, and, and really kicked that thing down the road. So you're right. It's not, it's not like we're building a new library or something. We're building something that will keep a foundational piece of our communities in place for a lot of people. I understand not for everybody, but you're right. It's, there is a lot of leverage that's on, on the side of the sports club. And leagues are designed that way. And so I think that that's something that might catch sports fans by surprise is that the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, they intentionally leave cities without franchise that could probably support them, right? So, uh, you know, Seattle hasn't had an NBA team for a few decades and they probably deserve one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team could probably succeed in the NHL in Hamilton or Quebec City has an arena that's sitting there waiting yeah. <laughs> for a tenant to come in, right? Um, but the NHL intentionally makes it so that those cities don't have them because that's what gives them Flames ownership leverage to say, if you don't give us this arena and you don't pay for the lion's share of it or you give us all of the revenue, uh, Houston will, and we'll leave. Yeah. Um, Salt so Lake is we- begging for Phoenix to show up there next year. And that's exactly it. And that's why Gary Bettman, when he shows up, that's usually not a good sign. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good cop, bad cop. It's that one of the Flames ownership in Bettman is going to play the good cop with the fans, and one's going to play the bad cop. And that's why you often hear him say, I love Calgary, but, you know, if they don't want to come up with the money, I know a bunch of markets that do. Hey, what they're doing is they're leveraging their yeah. monopoly power, and they're baiting us into saying, well, keep the Flames. We don't want to lose them to Houston. We've seen a ton of new facilities built in recent years, a whole bunch of them. And the argument, and it's part of this, and it was part of the Edmonton deal and the same thing. Hey, don't just be thinking about the arena. Don't just be thinking about the event center. There's community arenas. There's revitalization. You're going to have a whole district. Now, 
Calling what's happened around Rogers Place in Edmonton a district is generous. It's it, There's some things happening, no question, don't get me wrong, but it's still relatively confined to this point. So we always hear, you know what, this is good for everybody. Tax revenue is going to go up. We're going to see all these thriving new entertainment districts. How often does that actually play out, Moshe? It doesn't. So it, it's it's moving pieces on the chessboard, but it's not changing the chessboard and the pieces that are on the board. So, you know, where where you will say to me that, hey, that area in, in downtown Edmonton is thriving. I'm going to point up to Northlands and say, and look at what a ghost town that's become. Uh, it, it wasn't exactly the greatest area anyway, but at least Northlands, Rexall, whatever they wanted to call it that particular year, uh, had somebody at least going up in that direction. Now it's empty. So if you net out whatever is going on downtown and subtract out the damage that's been done in the Northlands part of town, it, it's coming close to zero. And what you're finding as well is that when you're creating this economic activity, um, the arena itself wasn't the cause of it. That area in downtown Edmonton was growing even back in my time in Edmonton, 20-whatever years ago. McEwen, yeah. Yeah, when McEwen and along the old rail system where all of those yuppie-type condos were being built and all of the different bars were moving in. So this was maybe an accelerant, but it wasn't the cause. And in the case of Calgary, the saddle dome's already there. They're moving across the street. Right. So, you're seeing growth in the East Village organically happen, not because of the Sampy grounds, not because of the Saddle Dome. And so this new arena is not going to create a district. It's going to be maybe something that, okay, we're going to start moving activity from other parts of town into this part of town, but we're going to have to subtract out then the damage that's done in the neighborhoods where activity is being subtracted. You know, if you take a look at the buildings that are built in the last 10, 15 years, you know, Seattle's got a couple of new facilities. Vegas has a beautiful new building. Edmonton. I mean, all these different places that have been, there's, there's the new one in Brooklyn. Has anybody done it right? Has anybody come across a framework or a, a funding agreement or a partnership or whatever the case may be where at the end of it, like what happened in Minnesota where they paid it back so early? Did somebody hit it on the head and everybody at the end said, wow, this was great. We did this the right way. So I hate to say it as a Flames fan, but I think that we have to give credit to Toronto and Montreal, okay. uh, where they had their ownership groups pay for their arena. Uh, and, and so those are the ones that hit it on the head. You mentioned Minnesota last week, yeah. uh, praising the situation where they were able to pay the debt back early. Uh, yeah, they were able to pay it back early by basically introducing a gambling system uh, and preying on the weakest members of society that couldn't control their gambling attention and taking that money and using it to pay down debt that was the responsibility of all Minnesota taxpayers. So, you know, if you want to feel good about taking advantage of people, um, that's fine. The, the way that you pay for arenas is you tell the, the billionaire owners, you pay for it, and if you want to put a surcharge on your ticket prices, then the people who use the arena are the people who pay for the arena. If you never go to a Flames game, you never pay for it, but it, it, that's that's not their design. Their design is not to recoup the money from their fans. It's to recoup the money from city councilors, mm -hmm. state legislators, provincial legislators, and say, you pay for this uh, or we're going to leave. So it's rare that you see it happen. But when you do at least see a team that pays for it on their own, like in Toronto, like in Montreal, that's the way to do it. But it really is a very unique circumstance. That's the thing. It's like, how important is this to the community? Because if, if you don't think it's that important, we can go somewhere else. It, nobody, very few other businesses have that kind of leverage when it comes to negotiating with a city council or a provincial government or a state government, as you said. I mean, they've got that leverage. Not many other people do. 
You're exactly right. And when you take a look at, say, the Ottawa Senators are going to announce their new ownership group in the next little while here, and they're going to say that that team sold for a billion dollars. Yet Microsoft, uh, not Microsoft, Walmart does about $600 billion in revenue a year, right? So we put such outsized um, importance on sports, and I'm saying I'm a sports fan, I get it, Mm. Uh, but we're talking about uh, companies that generate like in the hundreds of millions of dollars, not in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So the the grand contribution to the local economy is actually very, very minimal. Uh, And there was a study done a few years ago that said if you took every professional sports team in Chicago, and that includes the soccer teams, the women's soccer teams, take them all and have them leave town, what would happen to Chicago's economy? The net effect was pretty close to zero. Uh, because all that's going to happen is if the Flames were, for example, to leave town, I'd be sad, but I'd take my disposable income dollars and I'd go spend it elsewhere in Calgary. And so those parts of the economy would grow because i, I got to spend my disposable income somewhere. It's mm. just not going to be on Flames tickets. So, it, it, again, it's one of those things that we're, we're paying for civic pride and we're paying for something that we think that we need and we can't imagine living without. But life goes on, and we saw that during COVID when you know, there weren't games on, and so we went about our life and did something else. Yeah, but it really sucked, Moshe. (laughs) As a sports fan, I get it, but just, you know, that's the reality from an economic standpoint. Absolutely, yeah. Great insight, as always. Thank you so much, sir. Always appreciate it.